Welcome to Scrollin' episode 94. I'm Ket. Joining me as usual, Davia Starjumper. Welcome back, dude. Happy to be back. Can um, finally stop the, the angry emails, guys. Davius is back. Please let me uh, leave, leave me in peace. Stop the riots. Davis, on a scale of 1 to 11, what are your hype levels right now? Ooh, I bet we're about 11.5. You're at 11.5. Yeah. You're off the scale. Yeah. That's dangerous levels of hype. Get me man. off that scale. You know, here's the thing. Like, one, what a good one to come back on. Mm-hmm. Two, I was thinking about this. I've thought about my hype level. When was the last time I was this hyped? And this will really let... Years? You know, the listeners will really get this. When they announced... And I'm not talking about the expansion. When they announced the expansion <laughs> of Skyrim. When they said, right, we're you were excited to for actual being in Skyrim. The, yes. the announcement is what got you exc- the excited. The announcement. They're talking Skyrim. <laughs> we're heading home to Nords. That was the last time I've been this excited for the game. Now, the Skyrim expansion was a little bit, you know, a little bit of a letdown. And that's okay. That's been a few years ago at this point. Yeah. But I'm at that same level of just, they, they, they said, hey, get hyped. And I feel like they delivered. I think I'm probably like around a, like a nine out of 11. Still really good. Just hot. I okay. think 11, 11 was like Somerset for me. I don't feel, I'm not quite on Somerset levels personally. So that's, that's the, that's the top range there. Oh, we're going to get you there. We might. I mean, I, I, enti- I, I fully believe that that is possible. I see that that could be, but still nine's good. Nine is nine great. Out of 11, that's pretty good. Nine is great. Um, and I think kind of the, the ESO community in general, I think that's just kind of the vibe. Like people are just like feeling good or like, okay, this, this is the year we're, we're doing it. All right. It's the one. So we have some stuff to talk about. We have that global reveal event live stream that happened last week. We're going to talk all about that. And then we have some patch notes to get into. So lots and lots of juicy stuff. Uh, we'll probably take a break shortly after the patch note talk. And then we have some other stuff to discuss. So, um, Let's start with this live stream global reveal event. This just happened last week. It was an official Bethesda stream on twitch.tv slash Bethesda. Uh, they revealed the, the chapter name, the Q2 expansion. It's going to be Necrom. Uh, and there's like a subtitle, Shadow Over Morrowind. It's going to be released June 5th on PC, two weeks later on consoles. The new zone is going to be the Telvanni Peninsula, which is directly east of Stone Falls. It's part of Morrowind. Um, and there will be a second zone that we'll be able to go to, which is Apocrypha. That's the realm of Hermes Mora. Uh, and that'll be the main dude, the yep. Daedric, what, Daedric Prince. Is that what he is? Uh, He's one of those big boys. <laughs> one of the big boys. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the biggins. He's one of the biggins. He's one of the biggins. Uh, from, I don't know, from like the footage and stuff that they showed, it seemed like we're working with Hermes Mora, not, not necessarily against him, but not totally sure about that. Yeah, they kind of left that to the open, I feel like. It's a little mm-hmm. question mark there, what's going on. And I think that's kind of the idea. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be Dark Elves. That's the, the race that we're primarily going to be kind of exploring their, their history and lore and all that stuff. So sorry, Davis, maybe next year Nord, it'll be Nord time. Yep, we'll head back home to Nords. It's going to happen again. I have to say, though, I'm actually pretty excited about this because they, you know, they did the brief, just kind of showed the zones. And I'm kind of excited. Both these zones look pretty cool. You know, Telvani is a very unique looking area. It's very, um, I don't know, I feel like it's very Elder Scrolls. Like, it's just Elder Scrolls kind of has those mushroom forests. Like, that's a kind of their 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 style with that uniqueness. It's like this very, you know, Morrowind style look. And then Apocrypha just looks nuts. Yeah, like this like 
labyrinthine library sort of place. Yeah. That do you think it? I mean, do you think it's going to be like a huge zone? Like there's just going to be those books everywhere. Like everywhere you look is just books. I'm guessing so. From what they showed, that's all yeah. we really saw. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really curious about it. I'm guessing that Apocrypha is going to be kind of on that outer ring, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you zoom mm-hmm. all the way out on the map, it's just going to be kind of out there somewhere. But seems cool. Um, they described it. They described the chapter as Elder Scrolls meets cosmic horror. Uh, and to me, cosmic horror is synonymous with Lovecraftian, you know? So yeah, uh, it kind of, that goes along with like the trailer that they showed, which is by the way, Maybe the coolest trailer they've had. Maybe the yeah, far. maybe the best one ever. <laughs> I will say that, like you can tell with this one, they 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 wanted to stick to a certain style, and like they mm-hmm. they stylized this entire expansion, and they they're very particular about that. I feel like they that wanted really that showed. cosmic horror, that mm-hmm. Lovecraftian. There's a lot of tentacles and a lot yep. of just creepy, dark stuff. Really cool, honestly. Yeah. The vibe is awesome. I feel like the general response across the community has been like this looks dope. I yep. want, I want to check this out. Um, yep. they revealed this most requested new feature that they teased us about, uh, not too long ago. It's a, it's a new class Davis. That was your main, um, prediction. Wasn't it? There was going to be it a is. New, class. new class. They did it. Um, took me by surprise, but pleasantly surprised. Uh, so the new class is the arcanist first impressions. Davis, what do you think of the arcanist? I think it looks fantastic. One, a very, even the people that were guessing new class, like nobody guessed this one. I feel, I think it's really mm-hmm. cool that it was kind of out of left field. Nobody guessed this one. And I think it's really good to, I don't know if this will make sense. Maybe you'll have a better word for me, but it's good to bring more magic into the game because like, I know all classes have, you know, magic abilities and things like that, but really the only true pure kind of magic class I feel like is Sork, maybe a little bit Templar, but now they're bringing in this like, a whole nother level of magic in the game. And I think that's good for this game. Like it's a whole different style, but a lot more magic into the game. Yeah, it is. It is very magic-y. Uh, the theme of the Arcanist class, it's, they're all about acquiring knowledge and then using that knowledge to, to cast spells. So they're summoning tome, like tomes and runes and things like that. Um, the animations that they showed in the footage and stuff looks awesome. Looks like fantastic. it is visually amazing. All these cool, uh, like geometric shapes floating around and tentacles and stuff. And oh, uh, yeah. it really fits the theme of the expansion. Like the class fits the theme of the expansion really, really well. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get my hands on this thing. It looks super cool. Um, they demonstrated a couple of skills. The one that everyone's talking about is this portal ability. You can set these two portals and, and pop back and forth between them and your allies can use the portals as well. Uh, so that's what's got a lot of people talking, especially like in Cyrodiil. Um, like what if you have multiple arcanists like chaining portals together, right? And you you can have like a whole Zerg just traveling yeah. huge distances in like the blink of an eye. Gonna be the ESO train right there. Mm-hmm. Cool though. I'm I'm really interested to see those possibilities. They yeah. also showed one called Abyssal Impact, which is that like giant tentacle arm that looks like you just reach out and punch someone in the face with a big tentacle arm, basically. I, I've said this and I'll say it again. This is the new rival to jabs. Templar's jabs versus the, the Arcanist tentacle. <laughs> tentacle. Going at each other. So I wasn't sure. I mean, they didn't really say what it is exactly. I don't know if it's meant to be a spammable or like a burst attack or like just a CC ability. Not sure exactly. They, they just kind of showed the animation and that's it. Um, the class is going to have a combo system. So certain abilities will generate these combo points that they're calling crux. Uh, and then other abilities will consume those combo points for an enhanced effect. 
They didn't say what those enhanced effects will be, but I'm sure it'll be something like more damage or applying a status effect, something like that. Mm -hmm. They said that uh, it should be easy to learn. There's only three stacks of these combo points that you can have. Um, so it's not you're not really going to be juggling a whole lot. They want the class to be uh, unique, but also easy to learn, they said. I think it's going to be a really unique class in general, though. Like um, they said some vague things in the li in the live stream. They didn't give away too many details. There's going to be some like kind of like a deeper dive into the class later on. But uh, they kind of vaguely hinted that there's there's more to this class than than what we have with other classes. Um, and it kind of seems like maybe they were saying that that spellcrafting system that a lot of us, including myself, were so sure that we were going to get this <laughs> chapter. Um, we might actually be getting it. It's just contained within this class. So, you know, they are all about acquiring knowledge. Like they have a whole skill line that's all about summoning a tome, a book yeah. that you cast skills from. And they were kind of talking. It kind of sounded like your your Arcanist character might be able to go out into the world and acquire new knowledge to keep into this book. And that might affect how your you know, how your abilities work and things like that. You might be able to alter your abilities in additional ways besides just like the morph options that you have. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be awesome. It, it would be like a, it, I feel like it'd be kind of like a, a combo of like the, you know, the werewolf has like its own little quest line that you do to level it up. But this is like for a class, I feel it could be much more drawn out. And then like you said, would it have effect on abilities? Uh, that could be really, really cool. If that's something that they dive down. I think that's a really cool idea. If that's indeed what, what they did with this class, like this is the spellcrafting class. That's something that makes them unique and special. Mother of Dragons, thanks for joining us. Welcome, welcome. I think that would be, I think that's way cooler than just a generic spellcrafting system that anybody can use. Just a, a class that is dedicated to that seems really, really cool to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of wish, you know, not that they would do this, but I kind of wish every class had that, like some own unique quest line just for the class to kind of dive mm -hmm. into the lore about the class. I think it's a really cool idea. And I wonder if it's a quest line or if it's more like an ongoing thing, like... I could just continually you know, I want, do I want it, this, yeah. Yeah, I want to alter this ability in this way, like I want it to deal frost damage now. Uh, oh, I changed my mind. I want to do, to do something else. And you go find some new information to learn a new thing or whatever. Totally just speculation, right? But uh, they watch that stream and watch the part where they're kind of talking a little bit more in depth about the Arcanist. They're they're hinting at something. Well, and you made a great connection that you know that whole spell crafting was all about like runes and drawing a rune on a mm -hmm. and like this whole class is drawing those runes in the air and yeah, some, some weird similarities there for sure. And they showed some footage of something happening with that that book that you summon that like you're actually opening it up and there's like drawings and stuff in there. I think there's something going on with that. They said there's going to be more details about the Arcanist after the Q1 uh, dungeon DLC comes out. So we'll have to wait at least six weeks um, to get any more details than what they just gave in that live stream. Um, there's lots of YouTube videos of people picking apart trailers and footage and different things. So if you really want to, you can, you know, go down some rabbit holes. But I kind of <laughs> like to wait for the official information, you know, because you never know what might change yep. between now and then. Yep. Uh, beyond that, on the live stream, they just kind of reiterated what the 2023 roadmap is. Um, Q1 and 2 are basically the same as usual, a dungeon DLC, then the big chapter. Uh, Q3 is going to be um, all about quality of life and bug fixes, no dungeons. But um, a couple of the quality of life examples that they mentioned during the live stream they said something about a pre-made group finder. 
Ooh, that's big news for the PvP community, potentially. That perked a lot of ears up. Here's the thing. So I think it's really easy to think uh, pre-made group finder. They just mean group finder, right? They just kind of chose weird words. But in this presentation, nobody was choosing any words, okay? This whole thing was very scripted. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were even like just straight reading from a teleprompter a lot of the time. Like they were reciting lines. They weren't just like saying words off the top of their head. They said the words pre-made group finder, and they know as well as we do the, the context that the word pre-made is used in. It's just yep. battlegrounds, basically. Nowhere else. Um, so I don't know the, the P yeah, like you said, the PVP community has kind of worked itself up into a frenzy over this thinking like <laughs> we might be getting a lobby system here in Q3, which would just be amazing. I mean, that would be, mm -hmm. I would, I would, I'd be over the moon for that, man. Like I would just be so pumped about that. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. It'd also be awesome if they gave us a lot of freedom. Like maybe you could just have one person per team, two people for, per team, or maybe you could have like maybe someone wants to be like a one VX God or whatever. And they're just a solo team. And then you have two, four squads and see how that you could just try all kinds of stuff out, yeah. you know, endless possibilities with this. Yeah. Maybe just you and me, just, just the two of us could jump in and want to just have a whole map to go at each other. You know, like that would be cool. Like <laughs> that would be, well, it wouldn't be good for me, but <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I could just, I'm just, there's all sorts of cool ways you could, you could even use that for like training purposes. If you're trying to help a friend that's, inexperienced at pvp oh, yeah. go in there and kind of talk about strategies and stuff you know yeah think and, of the 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 just the like the pvp practice you could do with that or the build mm -hmm. testing or you know like hey let me try this real quick man just and like fantastic. me i don't really like um i don't really enjoy dueling very much because you're kind of confined in this little mm -hmm. area and my play style i like to like run around and all that kind of stuff i like to use the environment can't really do that in dueling but Hey, I'll go one v one and somebody in a in a battleground map. Absolutely, that'll be great. Um, they also said something about an all in one attunable crafting station. Uh, I think that's not really open for interpretation. That's pretty clear on what that is. That's going to be a crafting station that's all four different types of crafting stations in one. That's wild. You think you'd be able to use that for Ritz? Just go up there and get them all done one spot. Hmm. Ooh, what if someone developed an add-on that literally is just a one-button one button do, do all done. writs? Just a one and done. Well, you'd have to still do your provisioning and probably uh, uh, enchanting and uh, potions, right? Or alchemy. But yeah. still, get a big yeah. chunk of them done all yeah. at once anyway. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's cool. What I was thinking of is um, like those guild halls that have literally every crafting station in the entire game, just reducing that clutter by literally 75%. You know, four crafting stations reduced down to, to one. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like the housing take on it. Mother of Dragons says it would save you a whole three minutes. <laughs> That's a big three minutes, Mother. And then for Q4, not a lot of information there. All they said was something about an endless dungeon with a buddy. And that seems pretty interesting. Some kind of new mode of PvE, which I'm game for. I'm, I'm happy to see them trying different things. Do you think that this endless dungeon, you think this is going to have dungeon type rewards or you think that they're going to approach it with arena type rewards? We're going to see a new arena weapons with this thing. Um, hmm. That's a good question, you know, because if it's endless, yeah. You know, you normally get weapons as a reward at the very end of a thing. That's that's something I'm very curious about is how they are going to dish out the rewards in general with this thing if it's literally endless, like you're going to have to get rewards somehow, so how is that yeah. going to work? It's got to be um, some sort of checkpoint or something. And is it going to be like just waves of things coming or is it just going to be like a procedurally generated 
you go through a different room and it just kind of makes one for you right then and there or yeah i don't know but i'm guessing it's just going to be like total endurance like see how long you can go before you die and there'll be leaderboards and all that kind of stuff yeah i think this is actually a really cool addition for high-end pve players to have kind of like a an endless challenge, if you will. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you go PvP on end game, you know, BGs are endless. Like it, it is an endless. You're just hop into BG match after match after match. There's always somebody better out there. <laughs> Guarantee it. Um, but to kind of, you know, have on the PVE side for them to have this kind of endless challenge, I think this is a really cool addition to the game. Yeah, I think I think that'll be cool. I'm curious to see. I think it'll be a little while before we get some more details about that. But the concept seems neat. Uh, in general, the um, response to the live stream in general seems to be very positive. People are pretty hyped about the game. The like you log into the game, it seems like there's just a lot of people online right now. Queue times are really fast. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of names that I've never seen before kind of showing up. It just seems kind of like there's a little bit of buzz going. It feels good. The vibe's good. Yeah, like a swirl of positivity going around mm-hmm. the game for sure. And much needed, man. It's been yeah. it's been a few years. We needed since- it. That, that feeling's been prevalent. All right, so um, let's talk about this public test server action. So public test server version 8.3.0 for the Scribes of Fate DLC uh, just dropped yesterday. Uh, so as of yesterday, you're able to log into this thing. So that means this is probably going to release sometime mid-March, like six weeks from now. That's a typical Q1 dungeon pack. So there's two new dungeons. Uh, one is called Bal Sunar in Stone Falls. Uh, the other is called Scrivener's Hall in the Rift. Um, you get the typical rewards. You can get a you can get a new skin. There's mementos, dies. There's a new unique tool. Davius, are you looking forward to getting a unique Ooh, tool? What is this unique <laughs> tool you speak of? No, I'm gonna give me that tool. I'm getting me that tool. (laughs) I looked through the patch notes, they do not explain what the unique tool is, but I'm very curious about that. Oh boy, um, titles, housing items, that kind of stuff. Um, and of course, there's a bunch of armor sets, there's a bunch of sets uh, from the dungeons, and they also added a few new uh rewards for the worthy sets as well. Um, we're just gonna pick um, two a piece to talk about. So, Davis, why don't you go first? What are the two sets that you want to talk about? All right. First one that I uh, that caught my eye is the it's it's a light armor set. Uh, I don't remember what dungeon it comes out of, but it's called Right Master's Bond. Uh, the two through four is uh, Magicka recovery, four percent healing done, and then just maximum Magicka. And then the five piece on this one, I think this is actually going to be a pretty good healing set. Um, healing an ally within twelve meters with a direct heal creates a fifteen meter tether between you and that ally for 10 seconds. That has a 15-second cooldown. Um, you and allies touching the tether are healed every second. If you or an ally is overhealed by the tether, they gain minor heroism for 1.5 seconds. And that's where it gets me. Given allies heroism, I'm all about it. So they get you, you heal someone with a direct heal, you get put this tether on them that heals yep. them, and then if it overheals them, they get minor he- heroism for 1.5 seconds, which... Sounds like a short duration of time, but if their health bar is full and you ha- you you're keeping this yeah. thing on them, then they just keep getting it. Yeah, because this this the interesting part is it um, you know it says this heal is uh, determined by your max stats, but it didn't really give any numbers, and so 
I need to hop on the PTS and see what the actual heal numbers are for this thing. But uh, I think it, it's, you know, if you're a healer, you're sticking with your team. I think it's going to be pretty easy uh, for your team to just at least run in and out of that tether. Um, and then everybody, you know, given an entire team, minor heroism is a pretty big deal. Uh, on top of that tether already providing an additional heal. Uh, so I think that could be pretty good. Um, the other one I'm going to talk about, I'm going all heals on, on my two sets here. Here we go with the typical scroll and pronunciation. And there's no way I'm getting this right. Ozezon? I'd say Ozazon. Ozazon? Or Ozazon. Oh, yeah, Ozazon, like Ozazon. This is a uh, monster set. Uh, and the one piece is just Magicka Recovery. But the two piece, I'm going to read this a little backwards because I think it makes sense if you read the second part first. But essentially, healing you yourself or an ally grants them minor vitality for one second. But the key piece to this is that whenever you overheal yourself or an ally, you also grant them 4,272 armor for one second. And so the way I see that is as long as you're keeping up overheals, you're getting them that armor, um, they're getting minor vitality for stronger heals. Um, and then I think this could just pair with the, uh, the set I just read off. You put those two sets together, and it's kind of about that overhealing. Uh, and then I would even throw in some spell power cure. Boom, you got yourself a nice little healer build there. Yeah, that could be really good. I, uh, I think you want to keep in mind that um, they changed Sticky Hots not too long ago so that they tick every two seconds. Yep. Um, although Ground Hots tick every one second. So it might be something you want to keep in mind if you're considering using this since it's only giving a one second duration of those things. You might want to try yeah. to focus on either using multiple Sticky Hots or using ground hots to yeah, keep ground that hots would, up. Yeah, ground hots would probably be the, way, the, the better way to go. Mm -hmm. But 4,272 armor is quite a bit. That's a lot. It's a big chunk. Yeah. And minor vitality is always great. So, yeah, I can nice. see that being a pretty nice little uh, heal monster set. Cool. Well, um, my two sets are, I guess they could be used on a healer, but... Um, <laughs> They're a little bit more toxic, the ones that I chose you, to talk about. You went for full toxicity. One, you really, <laughs> really like. One, I'm going to go ahead and predict you really, really hate. Well, I might surprise you. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so the first one I'll talk about is Snake in the Stars. Funny name. It's a light armor set. It gives you a line of Magicka Recovery, Max Magicka, Weapon and Spell Damage, and then the five piece. Um, applying a major or minor debuff to an enemy applies Star Venom for 6 seconds with a 12 second cooldown. When an enemy with Star Venom is healed, they take 2848 Oblivion damage up to once per second, and they can only have one instance of Star Venom at a time. So uh, 2848 Oblivion damage cannot be mitigated, not even by Battle Spirit, not by your armor, you can't block it. Right, Oblivion damage, you take every single bit of that no matter what. And um, so 2848 Oblivion damage, considering that it's not being reduced by Battle Spirit, that basically will more than negate Vigor. Right, yeah. If you're healing with Vigor, this, this will be out-damaging your Vigor, basically. Um, if, you're using, if you're not using Vigor, this will probably negate like three or four HOTs that you could have stacked on you at one time. It could just basically invalidate those, essentially. Um, so it's extremely strong. A little terrifying <laughs> from a BG a little, standpoint of view. It's a little bit terrifying. I think I actually kind of like it. I think healing is way too strong. I think there needs to be some counters to healing. I mean, I, I might be singing a different tune when I'm on the receiving <laughs> end of this thing, but, uh, 
I don't know. I like having counters to to healing. I, I like that idea. I think I'm probably going to end up putting this on my uh, necro healer in despair. I think that fits her yeah, theme really, really absolutely perfectly. Absolutely, has and, to go on despair. Has to. Yeah, I just think it's going to work well. Um, and so I'm thinking, like, you know, if you get hit with this thing, I mean, for one, it makes cleanse really, really valuable because I have a feeling this is going to be a very popular set unless they, you know, nerf it between now and then. Yeah. Um. So having a cleanse is going to be very, very valuable uh, or just having vigor so that you can cast that for, for that to just eat this damage so that you can cast a burst heal and you'll get the full heal out of that. I think that's the part that terrifies me the most about this set. I know that you can only have one instance of the star venom, so you can't, this can't yeah. stack on you. But like you said, if it's going to be popular, if there's you know going to be four or five players in a BG running this, you're going to have this on you the entire time. and it's just going to eat through sustain. Like if, if this is just always going to be on you and you're just always trying to burn through sustain to try to heal up, um, I definitely could see this making some massive changes in uh, the death counts of uh, BGs for sure. Yeah, and that 2848 Oblivion damage, um, that can actually be amplified by like minor berserk and things like that as well. So it can actually be more than that. Um, that that's a scary set, but... In a good way. Like I said, heal, healing is way too strong. We need we got to do something about healing. And this is this is something. This is this going to stop healing for sure. Yeah. Uh, the other set I want to talk about is Judgment of Akatosh. Another cool name. It's a heavy armor set. It gives you weapon and spell damage, a line of max health, another line of max health. Uh, the five piece gives you one of those kind of extra bonuses of 2291 armor. Pretty nice little chunk of armor. Uh, and then the real five-piece bonus is when you deal direct damage with a blink, charge, leap, teleport, or pull ability, you distort time on your enemy. Uh, after three seconds, the enemy bursts with temporal energy, snaring all enemies within 12 meters by 70% for six seconds and stunning them for three seconds. It can be blocked, and it has a 15-second cooldown. So let me reword that, I think, to make it just a little more easily digestible. Basically, when you deal damage with a gap closer ability, you put sort of like a curse thing on their on the enemy, and then they explode after three seconds, and that stuns everybody in a 12 meter radius, and it slows them down by 70% for, for six seconds. I'll reword it a, a, a second time, or a third okay. time, in the sense that it's Dark Convergence 2.0, but instead of pulling you in, it just leaves you with the mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they handled it a little bit better than Dark Convergence, though. So that is kind of the the refrain, is a lot of people are saying, like, oh, this is the new Dark Convergence. This is the new thing that's just going to be total cancer in Battlegrounds that everyone's going to hate. I see that potential, but I think there are a couple of saving graces that maybe are, are going to make it not so bad. So for one, it has that three-second delay. That's a pretty long time, and if it has a very obvious visual effect, then I think that's plenty of time to to it's get ready be, for yeah, it it's got to be the key um it also is blockable so you have three whole seconds to get that block button ready you know and then you block it and none of the cc happens and you go on about your day uh, it also does not deal any damage either so it's not going to be comboed with things uh, or anything like that it's just applying that cc and nothing else um so my main concern is just the fact that it's a 12 meter radius which means a 24 meter diameter massive area gigantic area. area um but i think if it's if the visual indicator is really obvious and you you see it coming from a full three seconds away and you have all the time in the world to either get out of range or just put that block button up seems like it's going to be pretty easily counterable i think probably some people have fun with it 
kind of at first before people really know what it is, you know, and they'll, they'll get some kills out of it. But I think after a couple of weeks, we'll kind of know what it is. We will have adapted and it won't be a problem. I do think probably people will pair it with Rush of Agony and they'll try to, they'll try to make that happen. And it seems yeah. like there could be some, some possibilities there. Yeah. I hope you're right. I, my worry is the 24 meters, like you said, is that 24 meters is a huge area. You could be almost in a, in a separate fight with this person with your back to you. They're fighting someone else and you could still be in that 24 meters. And so I'm a little concerned with that size. Yeah, it's a big size. You know what's interesting is uh, you could pair this with the Necro uh, armor that automatically pulls them in. Mm. That would be an interesting little combo. And it's just happening automatically. Just, That's just, an interesting thought. Yeah, it's just doing it on its own. You don't even have to worry about it. Hmm. Snake in the Stars, the best name. Do we agree on that? Oh, absolutely. Snake in the Stars. That's the best name set That's of the, the bunch. That's the best one. It's That's just the, so odd. It just seems yeah, like it just stands <laughs> just an out. odd name. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Crimson makes a good point. That's got to be a reference to the Serpent Mundus, sure. right? The constellation. Uh, there's some combat and ability changes, some pretty interesting stuff here. Uh, we'll definitely be skipping some of the less impactful things, but I think we got most of the juicy stuff here. Uh, making some more changes to light attacks yet again. Um, they they did a lot of math. I'm not going to get into all that kind of <laughs> tedious detail, but... Uh, Basically, the gist is uh, light attacks are going to scale much more aggressively with your offensive stats, but then they, they get capped at 3850 damage. It's more for a werewolf, but 3850 damage is the most amount of damage your light attacks can do, but that doesn't count crit. That doesn't count like minor berserk, major berserk. So they can deal more damage than that, but basically the tooltip gets capped at 3850. Basically, they say that highly optimized builds, like really high-end, you know, godly DPS builds, should see about the same amount of damage from their light attacks as they currently do, and less optimized builds should be getting more damage out of their light attacks. It should account for more of their overall DPS, and that's that's their goal. Yeah. I don't really care. I mean, to me, that seems like fine. Yeah. As long as light attack weaving stays in the game as a mechanic, that's all I really care about. I really yeah. don't care how much damage it does. I honestly think they were just really, really careful or careful about how they wrote this because based on, you know, previous ideas they've had with light attacks and how that's been received, I think they were just very careful and they made sure to write many paragraphs about the details of this and go really into the weeds. But overall, it really, I mean, damage-wise and for people that do light attack weaves, I don't think it's going to do anything damage. It sounds like it's going to be either the same damage or maybe a little bit more. And I feel like the only reason they're doing this on their side is that they're just trying to make clean, you know, cleaner parameters on their side. It probably is strictly something that they're just trying to do from the development side to have a little bit more cleaner process to how light attacks operate. But I don't really think as players we're going to see that big a difference with all of this. Yeah, yeah. To me, it doesn't make any difference. As long as it's still a mechanic that I'm incentivized to do in some way, then that's fine. I think it's a... It's a cool thing that makes this game unique. I, I like that the the developers have embraced it and they, you know, they designed the game around it at this point. Um, and, you know, they gave us like those um, those core combat values not too long ago and light attack weaving was a bullet it was point on, there. on that list. It was one of them. With uh, Dragon Knight, they made a change to Empowering Chains. For one, it's no longer called Empowering Chains. It's called Chains of Devastation. 
And uh, rather than granting him power, it now grants Major Berserk. Pretty good trade. For 10 seconds. <laughs> Pretty solid trade there. <laughs> Pretty good trade. Uh, and they gave it a new name since it no longer grants him power. Uh, I guess they, they didn't like the name Major Berserking Chains. Major Berserking <laughs> Chains. <laughs> That's a pretty great name. Uh, so as a reminder, uh, Molten Armaments does still give you Empower. If you're a Dragon Knight who really wants that buff, you can still get it easily that way. But uh, Davis, what do you think? You think Lord of Nords is going to benefit from permanent uptime on Major Berserk? Yeah, I think that's the, I mean, I think that's the thing. If you have a DK right now, this is going on your build. This is going on your bar. You're going to find a way to get this in there. I think if you're a DK main right now, you're thinking... Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, you mean just an extra 10% uh, bonus damage? Yeah, I think that'll go you mean, pretty well. <laughs> you mean as a DK main, I'm I'm top of the food chain. I'm I'm the best. And you're giving me major berserk, permanent uptime, easy, easy access to permanent major berserk. I mean, I guess. I Let's guess I'll take it. it. Let's do it. What are the chances that drops to minor berserk in the next six weeks? Yeah, I think there's a very good <laughs> chance of that. I'm surprised that they just skipped right over Minor Berserk yeah. and went straight to Major Berserk. Strongest class in the game, let's give them Major Berserk. Let's give them the Major Berserk. <laughs> Necromancer, um, the Grave Robber ability that reduced the damage of the synergy by 47%. They say that's to match the power of other similar abilities. Um, on a related note, uh, the harmony trait, um, the jewelry trait harmony no longer increases the potency of synergies. It basically works like the, um, undaunted command passive. When you activate a synergy, it restores 880 of all three resources to you. Uh, it doesn't affect the, the synergy itself at all. Um, so necromancers who use the graveyard, uh, or the grave robber synergy, um, they typically do use three harmony on their jewelry. That's the only way that it really makes it worth it. So right now, three harmony increases grave, the grave robber synergy by 60%. So if you factor that in, if you can consider the fact that harmony is being taken away and the ability itself is being nerfed directly by almost half, um, basically it's a 70% nerf to that ability, really, for the people who actually use it. Yeah, the bomb um, the bomb crow's dead, right? It's officially dead. bomb crow's completely done. They were already done. There were just a few stragglers just still desperately hanging on because they enjoy the play style. But they've been struggling for a couple of patches now, honestly. And this is just the final uh, nail in the coffin. Uh huh. Get it, necromancer, <laughs> nice. right? Nice, nice. Um, nice touch. But yeah, my necromancer, like right now on live with um with harmony jewelry, uh, my grave robber synergy is about sixteen k. And that's that's on a healer, you know, so it would be a lot more on a damage build. Yeah. Uh, that 16K goes to 5K on PTS. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> so my big, gosh. Big, big difference. Oof. Now, just speaking selfishly, I don't have any bomber builds, and I don't like getting bombed, so I think this is great. That's true. I don't have a bomber <laughs> build either, so it uh, works for me. So anyway, that's what's going on with Necromancer. If you remember from uh, the BG report, they were dead last, I think, on our list. The one thing we said about them is like, oh, they can still bomb. <laughs> yeah, they're still decent bombers. Not anymore. No, Nightblades no, are better no. bombers now, honestly. So, um, it's sad for the for the people who do like that playstyle. And the thing is, like, what other niche does Necromancer even fill? What else are they even good at? Not really anything right now, you know. So. 
Um, it's weird to take that, like, kind of the one thing that they still had going for them, sort of, away. They're, uh, they're kind of floating, you know, they're kind of out there floating on a raft in the middle of the sea right now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorcerers. Uh, looks like maybe shield stacking sorks might be making a comeback. So the Conjured Ward ability, that's the um, the class damage shield ability. They increase the size of the damage shield by 10% for, for the base ability. Uh, they increase the max health cap to 55% instead of 50%. Uh, it now scales uh, between either the, the highest of your max health or your max magicka, whichever one's highest, rather than just your magicka. Um, and then the Hardened Ward Morph, uh, they increase the size of that damage shield by another 7%. So that's 17% total increase if you count the, the base buff, right? And they increase the max health cap to 72% instead of 60%. So just in general, a way bigger potential on that Hardened Ward shield. And um, that's the kind of the primary defensive tool for sorcerers. Kind of that's their... Yeah, the way they describe it in the in the patch notes is that's their defensive identity, uh, but it hasn't been a very effective defensive tool in quite a while. Uh, there's been a lot of changes made to the game since since that was you know that used to be a really good way to play, and it just hasn't been in a long time. This might put it back where where it needs to be for Sorks to start using it. Uh, the devs say that they think they think this is going to help Sorks both defensively and offensively since they'll be able to stay on offense for kind of longer windows of time with bigger shields man it's been a long time since i feel like we've seen the actual shield sorks long time the shield sorks it's been a while i mean you do still see them but it's just not as effective as it used to be not nearly and then uh mage's wrath that's uh one of the morphs of the you know the famous sork execute ability uh, so the Mage's Wrath morph now deals its execute damage to all nearby targets rather than dealing a smaller amount of damage to the nearby targets. Um, so they all get hit with the execute damage. They also increase the radius to five meters instead of four meters, which is you're actually getting two extra meters there, right? Because you're getting one meter on both sides of the circle there. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, it's instead of an eight meter area, it's a 10 meter area. Um, so you're going to be cleaning up some groups with this thing, I think. Yeah, you I, know? Think <laughs> I think with our execute sorks, you yeah. know, you know, that's going to be amazing with that Kavage gladiator. Absolutely, this is going to be the more to go with, especially on that execute sort, Sam sort. Mm-hmm. I uh, I use the endless fury morph right now because it helps with sustain quite yep. a bit. But forget that; I'll just do more dark <laughs> yeah. deals. It's fine. There you you know, go. We're going. There we're doing go. mages wrath. Uh, Sam said something about maybe pairing it up with plague break, and just wiping groups with that combo there. Sorks don't seem happy. If you look on the on the forums and on the subreddit, you look at guild chat and everything. Every sork is saying, "Ah, oh, this isn't nearly enough. This isn't going to cut it. Sorks need more than this." Here's the thing: that seems to be the the common refrain everywhere you look. The sork players need to listen to scrolling, make themselves a Sam sork, and they'll be happy. As can be. They'll be happy campers. That'll work. <laughs> um, yeah, it is funny to see that, and it's like. I'm telling you, like, it's like, it seems like the unanimous opinion, you know, of everyone online. It's like, man, Sorks just aren't in a great spot. But then you get on our Discord server and everyone's getting like 20, 30 kills yeah, a match the on sorks, their Sork. You know, everyone's just like nasty. having the time of their life on their Mag Sorks <laughs> right now. Like match after match after match. If I'm having a bad day, 
And I was like, you know what? I want 30 kills. I'm just going <laughs> to log in with my Sork real quick. And guess what? I'm going to get them. This happened to you the other day. I, I You uh, shared a screenshot and I said, man, you're just, just taking people out early this morning. You said, yeah, it's early, you know, drinking coffee. I did, you know, just kind of want to have a relaxing 30 kill match. No big deal. Yeah, I just did one match. I, lo- I logged in logged morning, on with the bag match, sork. A quick, a quick, clean thirty and zero. I'm like, all right, I'm good for the day. That's <laughs> I'm going to log back off. <laughs> Could not do that with any other tune. Absolutely not. Uh, um, so I mean, I, I I get that sorks may maybe aren't the the one vx gods that they were uh, at at one point in history, but I just don't think that's a, a measure of what makes a class no. good if they can take on a zerg of thirty people yeah, or not. Yeah, not know? at all. Um. I think they're great. I mean, who has a better ranged offense than a sort? Absolutely nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So that's all we got to say about Sork. Um, Templar. All right. Templar finally getting some attention. Um, oh boy. So now hold on, Davis. Now um, <laughs> we went for the- <laughs> yeah. Sorks. Great shape. All right. Let's now let's go to the other side of the spectrum here. <laughs> so the empowering sweep ultimate. That's the other morph of crescent sweep. Everyone uses crescent sweep. Can I? I just go want ahead. to time out here. This this is you've requested this for years at this point. This has been a dead morph for a long time. This Absolutely has been Kat's useless request morph. that they give this attention. So just just listen into the attention they finally they finally gave it here. So Empowering Sweep, the other morph of Crescent Sweep, they've renamed it. It's now called Everlasting Sweep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they've increased the duration of the pulse component, the, the AOE pulse damage, after you cast it. Um, it. It now lasts 10 seconds at base instead of 6 seconds. Uh, and it no longer grants Empower. And that's why they renamed it, because it doesn't grant Empower anymore. It's important to note that this uh, that this morph still deals sixty percent less damage than the other morph. So, personally, I'll probably keep using the one that you that deals sixty percent more damage. We'll probably stick um, with the other one. This is not <laughs> stick with the sixty percent more damage attention. morph. Personally, not quite the attention um, we were looking for on the dead morph. It's pretty hilarious of all the just obvious things they could do to make Templars happy. No, we needed two more damage ticks on the AOE component of uh, Empowering Sweep. Uh, that's the problem. That's what we needed to do. Meanwhile, Which? Dragon Knights, top of the food chain. Let's give them permanent Major Berserk. Seems good. Uh, what you even made the funniest point to this is that if you use this ability in a group, you get the 10 seconds anyways. Yeah, yeah. If you if you hit somebody, if you basically hit anyone, like the what this morph does is it extends the duration of that pulse based on how many people you hit. It usually lasts at least ten seconds anyway. You know, you're really not getting anything out of that. Plus, you're you're just not going to use this this morph. I mean, the other morph does sixty percent more damage. You know, so you're just going to use that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and nothing else for Templar. That's the only thing that happened for Templar. Everlasting sweep. It just blows my mind just that this is what Templar got, and Dragonites get permanent major berserk. Just absolutely mind blowing. <laughs> it's everlasting though. Yeah, two more or four more seconds, two more damage ticks. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Wardens, um, <laughs> wardens <laughs> for wardens, the cutting dive, uh, that's the stamina morph of the, the class spammable. It no longer requires that your enemy not be off balance in order to apply the dot. Uh, so now it just applies the dot anytime it, hi- it hits anybody. Um, crystallized shield got some much needed nerfs. Uh, so basically 
I'm going to kind of use my own words to describe this because their words are sort of confusing. Basically, none of the versions of this ability refund Magicka anymore. Um, the base ability and the Shimmering Shield morph now grant two ultimate whenever the, the shield takes damage. Uh, they also reduce the strength of the, the base ability and the Shimmering Shield morph by 33%, and they increase the cost by about 600. And you're going to really feel that cost because 600 more yeah. cost and it no longer refunds Magicka as part of like what the skill does. So you're really going to feel that Magicka cost. It's actually a pretty expensive ability. It just doesn't feel very yeah. expensive because it, it has that refund. Absolutely. Um, and then the crystallized slab morph. This is actually the more problematic one. Um, so it still shoots that ice ball back at attackers like it always has, but that, that ice ball deals 33% less damage. Uh, and it retains the original size of the damage shield, so it does not get that 33% uh, damage shield reduction like the base ability and uh, and Shimmering Shield. So basically, neither morph restores Magicka anymore. Shimmering gives you uh, extra ultimate on top of the major heroism, and it's a smaller shield. Uh, Crystallized has um, the bigger shield, and it shoots an ice ball at people, but that ice ball does less damage now. Seems like something you would actually like, I think, right? Yeah, I, I think it's actually a good change. I, I'm I'm one of the few that actually uses the shimmering shield just because I like the ult gen. You'll get even more ult now? Yeah, I'm getting more ult now. Like the the cost concerns me, but you know, that's I this is this ability has been kind of one of the trouble pieces out there for wardens. Um it kind of makes them immune to certain uh classes or builds, and so I think it needed a change. It was a little overpowered. And, you know, anytime yeah, they nerf an ability like that, I always think there's always, you know, some concern. But really what it is, is it it's it's a nice damage shield. One can be ult gen and one can give you a little bit more damage. And that's really kind of, I think, a good spot for what this ability is. Yeah, it was it was definitely doing way too much and way too easy to sustain. Yes. I think just the fact that they're making it harder to sustain that alone, I think, yes. is going to make it like it's not going to be permanently active on every warden all the time anymore. No. It, and, and, and I mean, I, like I said, I used to, you know, I play this on my, my warden build and I would just spam this thing. Like if I was in a mm -hmm. tough spot, I would just spam this thing as I was trying to get out of that tough spot. And that's just not going to, that, that shouldn't be able to happen. Yeah. So I think that needed to happen. That's a smart change for wardens. It's just a little too much for them. Um, another change, this actually has nothing to do with wardens. We're moving on from wardens now, but this will affect wardens. Uh, Wall of Frost, um, it no longer immobilizes chilled targets. It, uh, it gives them a 40% snare instead. And it also applies minor breach to anybody standing in it now as well. Um, that seems pretty good to me. That's not really directly related to Wardens, but a lot of Wardens do use Wall of Frost for the, for the root. Um, I think this basically fixes my complaints about the CC situation in Battlegrounds right now. It's basically, I don't really have a problem with Wardens, honestly. It's just Wall of Frost that I have a problem with, and a lot of Wardens happen to use Wall of Frost. Yeah. Um, but the devs say that um, their goal is to reduce the passive CC in the, in the PvP environment while also making Ooh. the ability more useful in PvE. Love to hear it. Best change yeah. of the PTS right there, I think. Absolutely. That's the best change of all. Best That's change. That's going to make just the battleground environment so much more enjoyable just to be in, just to exist in and engage like as a, as a melee spec, especially just to actually yeah. walk up and be able to fight in melee range and be able to control your character somewhat. This will have a twofold uh, effect too. So the fact that it doesn't root people anymore means fewer people are going to even want to use it. Uh, so you're just going to see it a lot less. And when you do see it, it's going to, it's going to snare you instead of root you. 
and it's not an automatic snare. It, you have to, you still have to be chilled for it to do that to you, you know? So it's, yeah. it's pretty nice actually. Uh, this, this should make an immediate difference in, in a BG seeing mm-hmm. the, the frost everywhere. I think you will notice this right away. And by the way, wardens do have uh, the gripping shards ability, which is basically the same thing as current wall of frost. It's a ground, you know, ice ability that immediately immobilizes. They don't even have to be chilled. It just immediately immobilizes anyone that it hits. It's basically like a warden's version of talons. So you can still, they still have that option for that play style. It's bad for despair because she uses wall of frost right now. And she's all about having like all three forms of, of CC all over the ground. And she's not going to have that anymore, but uh, I think it's for the greater good really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the two-hander ability, Wrecking Blow, that's the other morph of Dizzying Swing. It now grants Major Berserk for five seconds when you use it. So not only DKs, but any two-handed <laughs> user is going to have Major Berserk basically I mean, permanently. This has to become the more popular morph, right? Like Dizzying Swing, drop it now and switch to Wrecking Blow, right? I would think so. I would think that Major Berserk is going to be hard to pass up. I mean, especially if that's your spammable, you just Major Berserk full uptime, that's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really, really good patch for uh, brawlers in general. Yeah. We're just making a lot of changes here. That just seems like, you know, the CC is going to be more bearable. They're giving like this major berserk to basically all brawlers. Um, it's brawl. I think it's going to be a good time for That's brawlers. What they're saying it's brawling mm-hmm. time. It's brawling time. Um, and then for vampire, pretty major changes to mist form. They've basically kind of reinvented this thing. So, um, for context, the current version of Mist Form, right? It's a it's a toggle ability. You turn it on and you turn into this Mist Form, and you have complete CC immunity while you're in that form, and you have seventy five percent damage mitigation as well. That's that's what it does right now. This new version, instead of toggling, um, you just press it and it teleports you forward to like wherever your cursor is pointing, up to fifteen meters away, and it it absorbs up to three projectiles while you're in that teleport animation. And it has that uh, that 33% ramping cost, just like Streak. So it costs more and more and more when you use it back to back. The base cost is 4050 already really expensive. Um, it does not give you CC immunity anymore either. Let me read these morphs and then we'll kind of talk about it. The Elusive Mist morph, it now gives you major evasion in addition to the, the expedition that it already gives you. And the Blood Mist Morph, um, it now deals its AoE damage every two seconds for 20 seconds after you activate the ability. Um, Which actually seems to make it a lot more useful in my opinion. But uh, basically the conversation is, is this the new streak? Did they just give basically a streak to everyone? (laughs) And um, I think the answer to that is definitely not. We we did some testing last night. Our good buddy, shout out to Uncle Sam. He logged onto the PTS and was streaming for us in Discord. and trying this ability out and um, it's nothing like streak, nothing at all. So streak in my mind, it's like a zip, 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 right? And this is more like a whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. It's kind of more like that kind of cadence. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not, you're not going to cover nearly the distance you can with streak. Uh, It gives you a little bit of, you know, it's a mobility tool for sure, but you're not just going to like totally bail out the way you can with streak with this thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Streak is still the king of mobility. I don't think this is going anywhere near that. Um, I I agree. I think it's it's not near as good as Streak. It's it's not giving every class you know the ability to the to the best Sork ability. 
but at the same time, the issues that were created with Misform, I think it kind of solves those two because you know we've run into those players in BGs that they go into Misform and you're just like, all right, forget them. Like that player has a get out of jail free card, and I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah, it's um, I, I like this version a lot better. Um, yeah, I think honestly, just personally, I'm I'm more likely to use this version just for the way that I like to play. I don't I don't like using Misform. I don't like the the kind of defensive style that it incentivizes, uh, but this version's pretty neat. It's just, it's basically just a mobility tool. Yeah. Um. The the elusive mist, like that's a much more useful source of major expedition now because you're you're using a mobility tool. And then when you come out of it, you have expedition, so you can keep moving fast. Yeah, it's a nice touch. The the blood mist morph, like currently right now on live, it's an absolute dead morph. Like it's nowhere near as useful as the one that gives you major expedition. But this new version here actually seems really useful, especially if you already have a source of major expedition in your build. This is dealing AOE damage for 20 full seconds. It's uh, it's basically like the Templar's Solar Barrage. It's a similar amount of power, except it's healing you for all, for 100% of the damage done. So you can actually use it. It's like currently right now on live, you you toggle on Mistform and it's dealing this AOE damage, but you can't do anything else. You're stuck in Mistform the whole time. And as soon as you pop out of Mistform, the damage stops. Yeah. But this, the damage is going to continue for you can you can mist into a group and now you have 20 seconds of this AOE damage and you can combo that with the rest of your offense. You know, it'd be perfect for Betsy, actually, if I were willing to turn her into a vampire, but that's her whole thing of her build is she has all this AOE damage. It's like centered on her character. This would be this would stack with that perfectly. Plus she's yep. getting some offensive healing out of it as well. So I actually, I mean, for the first time ever, I'm like thinking about, should I turn, should I turn <laughs> Betsy into a vampire? It seems like it'd be really good. It legitimately would be really good. So actually, yeah, I really like this. I like this a lot. I, I really despise the current form version of Mist Form. I, I won't put yeah. it on my bar. I don't like it when other people use it. It, it seems cheap. It seems, it like feels like cheating. You know, I just, I don't like it. I mean, I know it's not literally cheating, but it just it kind of feels cheap. You <laughs> yeah, know? It it's really just, does. it's too easy to, all right, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm done with this fight. I'm walking, you know, I'm taking my ball and going home. That's, that's current mm-hmm. misfork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some other changes. Um, they changed um, weapon and spell damage glyphs for jewelry. So now um, both weapon and spell damage glyphs give both weapon and spell damage. <laughs> you know I mean, so like a, a spell damage glyph will give you weapon and spell damage uh, and a weapon damage glyph will give you both weapon and spell damage. Right. So they both <laughs> give both. The only difference between the two is um, the weapon damage glyph gives you 10 stamina recovery and the spell damage glyph gives you 10 magicka recovery. <laughs> so random, right? What's with the yeah. 10 recovery? Like, what is 10 recovery going to do? I don't know. So random. I mean, it would be 30. I guess if you have all three, it would be 30. That's true. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it seems like they wanted to combine them into one glyph, but there was some technical reason why they couldn't. So they just had to kind of differentiate them in one kind of small way. Yeah. But this is part of their hybridization. Yeah. Thing, I, you know, I will say that. I do. I do think it's a really good quality of life change. Like. Not, you know, because there's a lot of times, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times with builds where, you know, if you want to test out different glyphs and, you know, maybe you want to try Magicka with certain things or you, you take a build and go back stamina. Now you don't have to change all that stuff. You can just, That's or if true. you're, if you're taking your jewelry off one build and putting it on a different build, but that, you know, that yeah. tunes a stamina tune. 
Now yeah. you can just kind of throw these glyphs on your pieces and they're just interchangeable. So I do think it is a really good quality of life change. Yeah, I didn't really think of that. Uh, I don't really think of that kind of like, yeah, making it easier to just kind of switch gear between characters and stuff. That yep. is really nice. Yeah, the the 10 recovery is kind of funny, but I mean, it's extra recovery. So I'm I'm all for that. I need the I need all the recovery. Yeah. Uh, the bloodthirsty trait. Check this thing out. So um, right now, the current version of bloodthirsty on the on the live server right now, the way it works is um, it increases your weapon and spell damage against enemies below 90% health by 70. And then that ramps up as high as 350 as they lose health. Um, this new version increases your weapon and spell damage against enemies below 90% health by 210. And then that ramps up to 350. So, so the ramp up is the same, like it caps out at the same amount, but you're starting at a much, much higher amount of damage. As soon as they hit 90% health, you now have 210 damage against them rather than 70. Yep. Uh, and then you ramp up from there. If you have all three bloodthirsty on all three pieces, then as soon as they hit 90% health, you have 630 extra weapon and spell damage. Pre-buff, that, that scales with your offensive stats, by the way. Or with like your damage amplifiers, like medium armor passives and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and then that's just going to keep ramping up as they lose health. I mean, I, I feel like this is going to be the meta jewelry trait for basically every build. Yeah, this has taken the place of infused, I feel like. So my first reaction was like, oh yeah, this is like, infused is like not even a useful trait anymore. Um, but I kind of, my, my first thought was like, yeah, but I still might want to use Swift for speed. And, and, you know, there's other good useful traits. Um, but I was talking to our buddy, Uncle Sam, and he was telling me like, man, this new bloodthirsty is probably so good that you might just want to find that speed somewhere else. You yeah. know, like it just might just be too good to pass up. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I think he might be right. Like this might be, this might just trump all other traits, you know, <laughs> which, which is not a good thing. There, there, there should never be something that's too good not yeah. to use. It's yeah. It's better when there's, everybody's using at least three or four different traits, but I agree. This yeah. is, this is going to be hard not to use if it, if it goes live like this. Cause as it is right now, like I'm willing to give up a little damage if I can be fast. Cause I like to be fast, you know, yeah. but. This might be like, I can't, if I want to actually be competitive, I can't afford to give this up. That's interesting. And the thing is like bloodthirsty is already really good. I don't know if it really needs to be like buffed this much, maybe like a little bit, but it's already really like if you're, if damage is what you want, it's already better than infused right now. We already mentioned the harmony trait. Um, it no longer increases the potency of synergies. It basically works like the undaunted command passive. It gives you um, 880 health magicka and stamina when you activate a synergy i'm wondering if that'll be useful for pve tanks if that might be like the meta jewelry trait for them to use because they're, they're doing synergies a lot yeah right? yeah definitely seems like a thing for pve tanks that's basically the stuff that we kind of picked out of the patch notes that was the good stuff um the good things to me that stand out the wall of frost nerf by far the best thing oh yeah by far the best the nerf to the warden shield, really good thing. I really like the mist form change now that I've kind of chewed on it a little bit. You know, I was unsure at first, but I think it's good. I like it. Um, questionable changes, giving permanent major berserk to dragon knights. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, Necro bombers completely deleted, which means what place do Necros even have now? Uh, Templar, I just wrote question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> just three question marks. Hey, uh, it's everlasting, okay? It's everlasting. 
what the heck with Templar? Uh, and then that set Snake in the Stars. Cu- really curious to see how that thing's going to turn out. I think that's probably a good thing, but I'm I'm uneasy about it. Any uh, anything else to say about the patch notes, Davius? No, I I agree with that. Um, I I'm just excited, you know, obviously with this patch, but just excited with the kind of the swirl of excitement that's with the game right now. You know, like you mm-hmm. said, we're seeing a lot of players that we haven't seen in a while kind of popping back on. A lot of new players. Um, it's been exciting. Yeah, there there is definitely some buzz going on. You can feel it. Like you log on, it just seems like there's just a little bit more people running around than usual. And mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. The, the chats are really active. Like the queue, like I said earlier, the queues are really fast. We're seeing a lot of names in BGs that we don't normally see. It just kind of feels like people are feeling good about ESO. It's great. It's a great feeling. It is a great feeling. So, um, second half of the show is going to be a little different this time. We're going to skip the usual PvP talk and and build discussion. Uh, That'll all be back on the next episode, so don't worry about that. But um, it's going to be a little different this time. So, we are coming up on our... 100th episode it's it's just on the horizon it'll be here in like a couple of months um and i've been saying for a while that if we made it this far i would start considering the possibility of asking for support (laughs) (laughs) and um this is something i'm nervous about i've been thinking about it for a long time i'm very uncomfortable talking about it but i'm stress levels your stress levels have been high Yes, my stress levels have been very high, but it's it's been on my mind a long time. Uh, I think I have some good ideas worked out here, so I want to share these ideas with you guys. Uh, but first, I want to read a review by Jay Hall on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, a mature conversation about ESO and PvP. Been really getting into this podcast. Love the PvP build chat. You don't really get this on any other ESO podcast. Looking forward to more. Freaking awesome review. Yeah. So yeah. Jay Hall, whoever you are, uh, if you're listening, thank you so much. What a just picture perfect review, right? It's like short, sweet, concise, very well worded. It tells a uh, person reading it exactly why they might like this show or not. You know, it's just like everything you want in a review. Yeah. We appreciate it. Jay Hall. What's nice about reviews like that on the, on the Apple podcast app is that that increases our show's visibility. Every time we get a review or a star rating, that makes us uh, appear higher in the search results whenever people search for relevant keywords like ESO or Elder Scrolls or something like that. Um, so, so the more reviews, the more ratings we get, the more people end up finding our show. Um, so 94 episodes, guys. We're finally calling in a favor. Uh, if you could please <laughs> go to the Apple Podcasts app, specifically the Apple Podcasts app, find our show, give us a, a written review and a, and a star rating. The, the written review has the biggest impact as far as visibility goes, um, but the, the, the star rating also helps. Um, that'll just help us appear higher in those search results, makes it easier for people to, to find their way to the show. Um, so if you could do that for us, we would greatly appreciate it. In addition to that, we are experimenting with a Patreon. Um, I got a couple of disclaimers here. Disclaimer number one, I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> I'm a total noob. I have no idea how to do this. I, I want feedback. Please tell me what you think. I'm going to lay out the whole plan here uh, and I want to know what people think. I also want to 
give a disclaimer that this is going to be just a very short plug at the end of each episode. Just a little reminder that, hey, you can do this thing if you want, and then we're done. Uh, but just since we're kind of revealing this for the first time, I am going to kind of spend some time on this and, and get into the details, but we're not going to do this every episode. Okay. <laughs> um, I really mainly just want our longtime listeners to fully understand what the plan is. I want to give everyone an opportunity to give feedback. I'm very, very willing to be completely flexible on basically every aspect of this because I'm totally new to it. Um, the goal is just to cover the expenses of doing this thing. We have uh, software subscriptions that um, that we we use, you know, different pieces of software to edit. We have hardware to maintain. We have a media host that has annual fees. If we could just cover those expenses, that would be awesome. Uh, anything beyond that, you know, just dreaming big, pie in the sky in the future, it'd be nice to pay a for real graphic designer to make us some artwork someday. Uh, maybe one of these days we could upgrade our audio equipment or our recording space just to have higher, better quality recordings. Um, a few months ago, I bought a brand new laptop just solely for the purpose of making a better podcast. No other reason. I wouldn't have bought a, a new laptop if I did, if I wasn't doing this podcast. It would be nice if the podcast could help you know pay for those kinds of things. So that's really all we're trying to do is to help um, make the podcast pay for itself and maybe pay for some uh, future upgrades if possible. Um, that's, that's really all we're trying to do. I also want to make a promise that we will not ever sacrifice the integrity of the show. No component of the show will ever be locked behind any kind of paywall. Uh, nothing like that. We are looking to, to create some small supplemental things to to kind of give a little nudge to people who are already thinking that it might be kind of nice to support the scrolling podcast. This is just meant to be a, a gentle little nudge to say, Hey, just go ahead, go ahead and do it. You know, that's all it's going to be. Um, also I want to promise that, um, there's never going to be any advertisements on this show either. I am, uh, staunchly philosophically opposed <laughs> to the concept of Absolutely. advertisements in general. There will never be advertisements on this podcast. I would rather be homeless <laughs> than have advertisements <laughs> on my podcast. Um, so that's not going to happen. That's my promise to you. Okay, that that's all my disclaimers. So with all that said, it's patreon.com slash podcast is where you can go. There's only one tier. You can receive Stoon's Boon. The old Stoon's Boon. For $3 a month. Uh, I'm super proud of the name. Stoons Boon. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so for $3 a month, you can receive Stoons Boon. Uh, Patreon, by the way, keeps 25 cents out of that $3. So uh, not a bad deal at all, actually. Um, if you have Stoons Boon, then what you get with that is uh, full Discord benefits. And I'll explain more about that here in a minute. Please don't grab your pitchforks. It's It's not too bad, I promise. <laughs> Uh, you also get a guaranteed shout out on every single episode, uh, and we have some, some bonus material as well. Um, so let me explain this discord situation. Um, so current discord members, uh, every single person who is currently on the discord from the bottom of my heart, guys, I appreciate you so much. I think we are so incredibly lucky to have such a supportive group of friends. I honestly just can't tell you how much you all seriously mean to me. And I, I hope you stick around forever. I really do. So what we're doing is we are 
grandfathering you in to the Discord situation. I've put you all into a role named Elder Goon. So you are all henceforth the Elder Goons. Um, and basically what that means is you'll retain full Discord benefits for life. Your name now appears in Mythic Orange in the Discord to set you apart from everyone else. Um, you have a private Elder Goons voice and text chat area that only you and administrators have access to. Uh, the administrators are just me and Davius, by the way. Um, and you're, you'll, you'll be guaranteed to get a collective shout-out on every single episode. So that's, that's a start, at least. So I'm, I think we'll probably think of some more, more ways to, to show appreciation in the future, but that's, hopefully that's at least a start. And then going forward, any new members to our Discord, of course, they're a, they're a Stoons goon, like always. Uh, they can use all the basic functions. They can join voice channels. They can use the text chat. They can, you know, hang out, be a part of the community, play video games with people. Um, but some of the little extras will be disabled. So, um, and again, I'm totally open to changing basically any aspect of this based on feedback. So please let me know. But the way I have it set up right now is new Discord members, they cannot upload attachments. Um, they can watch people stream, but they cannot stream themselves. Um, they won't be able to listen into the podcast recordings like we're doing right now. Um, uh, and their name will appear in the default gray color in the Discord. So that, that's how I have it set up for, for new Discord members. Please give me feedback about that. But then anyone who is a Stoons Boon recipient, any, any um, uh, Patreon supporters, they basically get the same status as an Elder Goon, get all the benefits that they get with two small differences. Uh, one is uh, their name will appear in Legendary Gold rather than the, the Mythic Orange of the Elder Goons. Um, and they'll have a separate private chat area that's separate from the Elder Goons area. And then, of course, any Elder Goon can, can receive Stoon's Boon, and they'll have access to both chat areas, right? So I want the Discord to remain open and welcoming. I want anybody to feel comfortable and like they're a part of the community. Uh, but like I said earlier, I just kind of want to have these small incentives for people who are thinking that they might like to support the show. I just, I want to find a balance there. So that's why, that's why I want to, to get that feedback. Um, and then the guaranteed shout outs, that's self-explanatory, right? All Stoons Boon recipients are guaranteed to get an individual shout out on every single episode. We will say your name on every single episode. That's worth the $3 right there. Right, Davis? I mean, the, shout outs. the OG goons know that's the value right there. I mean, you got to figure you're getting Get shout out. two shout outs a month. That's a dollar fifty per shout out. <laughs> I mean, in this economy, you're that's, ripping us off. That's a heck know? of a deal <laughs> for the shout out right there. We're losing money here, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the um, the usual shout outs will continue. So the people who are in chat, the people that we play with all the time, shout outs by request, all the usual shout outs will continue like always. Don't worry about your shout outs, guys. Uh, and of course, the Elder Goons will get their guaranteed collective shout out every episode as well. As far as the bonus material, um, this is subject to change. We're, we're open to ideas right now. Um, we have supplemental videos basically to kind of be a companion to the podcast. It'll be a lot of kind of like demoing the builds that we talk about on the show and, and different things like that. Uh, I'm going to be consistent with it since I am asking for something in return. I'll keep those coming at a pretty steady rate. Uh, no more YouTube videos. Go on Patreon instead. 
Um, so basically the only thing I'll be putting on YouTube is just the podcast itself from now on. Um, we'll also have some written guides on there. We actually already have a few. Um, I'll be doing some extra mini pod recordings just once in a while. Um, so that won't be every week or anything, but like things like last week, uh, Zoss had that live stream event and I was kind of feeling excited about it. I wanted to say something about it right then. Um, so I just hit the record button and started talking for like 12 minutes. And then I had that up on the Patreon like an hour later, you know, it's not, since it's not, um, a full on podcast. I don't have to do all the formatting and all the editing. I can just kind of quickly record something, throw it up really quick and and then it's there. So I think I can kind of do that on a on a fairly consistent basis, but I'm only going to do it when there's like things that are worth talking about. It's not going to be like an all the time thing. Um the show music is downloadable on the Patreon, so you can add that to your MP3 library. We'll be doing community polls, so like um the BG report, for example, we can have the, the community have input on that to help us determine that, that final list that we come up with. I think that could be fun. And of course, the greatest gift of all is knowing that you're helping us uh, keep the show going, right? So um, that is patreon.com slash podcast. And again, a reminder, going to be a super duper tiny short plug, okay? This is the only time <laughs> we're going to go into this level of detail uh, with all of this stuff. Uh, and I also want to make a point to remind everyone that if you can't do the Patreon, then just come join the Discord. It doesn't cost anything yep. to do that. We have one of the best communities on the internet. Everybody's welcome. We'd love to have you. So uh, scroll on podcast at gmail.com uh, and we'll send you an invite. There you go. That's the whole spiel. Davius, what do you think? Yeah, summed up well. So, you know, I got a, I got a couple notes on, on things that, I, you know. So, you know, like you said, I, I think that it's, I think you did such a, a fantastic job explaining this and laying it out really well that this is just this is just a an optional way to support the show and and really only that like you still listen you know listen to the show we still want all the people to come and hang out just just an option if you're feeling up to it um yeah we both have we both like enjoy our day jobs we're not trying to quit our day jobs and make a career out of podcasting yeah. right we're just we're just trying to make the podcast better basically yes absolutely and uh, the second one, uh, you know, I know we're not to sh- shout outs yet. And uh, uh, you will probably cut this knowing you. <laughs> You'll cut <laughs> this part out. But I do want to give you a shout out. I got to give a shout out to you because uh, okay. uh, I just think you, you've put in a lot of work and a lot of thought into this. And I think you did such a good job and really set it up in a way that I think really reflects kind of how we both feel that we, we love doing this. We have so much fun doing this. Um, and you put in so much work in the week and in investments and things like this. And it's just, uh, you're always looking for ways to, to make the, the podcast better and how can we get better. And I think this is just another piece to that. Well, I, um, I kind of see what you guys are talking about with this shout out business now. <laughs> it is pretty- <laughs> oh, this tastes, Ooh, this tastes good. <laughs> Once you get a taste. Oh boy. That is pretty nice. Right into the bloodstream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how we get you. So anyway, that's the spiel. Like I said, that's just going to be a teensy weensy little plug at the end of the episodes going forward. Uh, so it's not something we're going to try to really emphasize. Um, so that's all of that. Um, this is where we would read emails if we had any, but we don't, so we won't. 
If you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to <laughs> scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can ask any questions, make a suggestion for the show, uh, tell a joke, say hello, shout out to a friend, uh, whatever you want, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, shout out to Crimson and Gummy Bear for joining the chat. Thank you very much for being here, yep. guys. We really appreciate it. To mother too. Mother was mother of dragons. Was mother of dragons. Earlier. I forgot. Yep, she left earlier. Thank yep. you, mother of dragons, for joining us. Another shout out to Gummy Bear. He finally got his ebon dwarven mount. Whew, that's a grind. That's impressive. Congrats, dude. Uh, shout out to Uncle Sam, Slavka, Mother of Dragons, and King Nar. We've just been playing a lot of BGs here lately. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Shout out to the Elder Goons, the OGs, yeah. our heroes. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for supporting us for so long. And thank you to our one and only <laughs> Stoons Boone recipient, my good friend Thomas. Um, Thomas is um, a very close personal friend in real life. He doesn't even uh, play ESO, but he does listen to the podcast, and he's a very good friend. Uh, as soon as I to told him about the Patreon thing, he, he went out and signed up as fast as he could, and then he texted me and said, I'll always support my homie. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, Thomas. Shout out, Thomas. Heck yeah. Hell yeah, Thomas. A real Stoons Goon right there. <laughs> mm. um i think that's all we got davius anything else you know i just have to say i'm happy that i my voice officially held up for the entire show I'm, you made it I'm to happy. the end i'm surprised it. <laughs> it was a couple <laughs> couple dicey moments but we did it. <laughs> all right guys thank you very much for listening we'll catch you next time One hundred two point seven, playing the top twenty hits today, yesterday, and tomorrow.